Hey, as a reminder, this is part two. You should have listened to part one before listening to this one and probably watched what we watched before you listen to this one. But hey, if you don't give a fuck, neither do I. Enjoy the show. Scott, I was going to start the episode with singing the theme because I've not stopped singing the theme since the first time I heard it, but I don't think I could quite do it justice, and I'm 900,000% sure you don't want to hear me speak Japanese. Yeah, me either. I'm comfortable in saying that I know the language well enough, but my weird Western Pennsylvanian accent, mush mouth, I'm sure is not the the way in which you want to hear that song or anything spoken in a foreign language. Yeah, yeah, no, not especially not something that's as big of a bop as the yes. theme to Neo Genesis Evangelion. Yeah. Neon Genesis Evangelion, man, start to finish a perfect product, dare I say. Uh, well, we're going to talk about it. Yeah. Welcome back to King of the Shill. We are back from our uh, excursion into the crazy loud insane awesomeness that was neogenesis evangelion yeah so um and i i always have a problem like i'm not doing it on purpose i know that it is neon Mm -hmm. right i just can't whenever i'm saying it fast i always say neo i always lop the last letter of the word off of it you're doing the the power rangers thing power rangers oh wait no was it zeo i was gonna say power Power rangers neo yeah 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 yeah. yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, I am doing that. I swear to God, I'm not, I'm not that much of an idiot, but welcome back to King of the Shill. If you've, uh, never joined us before and this is your first time, what the fuck are you doing on this episode? You should be on part one of Neon Genesis Evangelion, or at least the opening to the anime arc, which we began with Yakuza Zero. But I think that we're in what I, I'm going to call it this. You may not call it this, but I'm going to call it the main event of the anime arc. Yes. I think the encore is coming up. I think this is the main event. This is definitely the main event of the anime arc. So on this show, a conversational podcast where Chris and I try and chill each other on things we like. I have no shortage of things I like with <laughs> which to pitch to Chris. Right. That's right. And I kind of envisioned the anime arc as at least a three-parter, if not a four-parter, where we would start with something that would only be at the very surface level of the things that I call anime. And I settled on Yakuza 0 because I thought that it would be an easy stepping stone to point out how something that may not immediately appear anime has components to it that can bridge the gap into watching something that's in the subculture right then right moving on to something that's kind of like artistically unimpeachable with a a film right yeah kino with uh perfect blue and now on to something that again wanting to show you stuff that's considered like cream of the crop it wouldn't be a very interesting show if i tried to shill you on stuff that was just bad right but sure right 
picking something that ultimately is the anime watching experience. Neon Genesis Evangelion is considered one of the greatest anime shows of all time. But originally it was just one of the weekly anime shows that was premiering (laughs) on TV. Right. Yeah. It it was just like you. Yeah. Just like me. Uh, Just like you at some point. Yeah. Record scratch. But uh, (laughs) (laughs) yeah. So I I thought this was a good kind of encore. This is if you come away from this liking Neon Genesis Evangelion, there is no reason you wouldn't be able to find something every once in a while that is like that episodic anime that you could sit down and enjoy. Right. I I know we're going to get into a lot of the meat of what what this show is and like what our experience was watching it together and specifically my takeaways. But one thing I just I got to point it out again, man, that fucking theme song. Oh, yeah. Mm, That's that's mm. one of the best parts of anime is all Mm. the theme songs are bangers. Like Mm. there there Mm. is an entire culture around just appreciating anime theme songs. Right. Yeah. I mean. I can imagine, right? Because with my limited knowledge of them, um, they're all bangers. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I I love this one, though, especially because it starts out with like this sort of like angelic call to action. You know what I yeah. mean? Like um, and, it, and, and you're just kind of like, oh, all right. It's like an epic tune. And then just this absolute salsa beat kicks in. Yeah. And you're just like, is that? trumpets yeah do i hear trombones this is fucking lit and it's awesome it's yeah it starts off like you said it's got that chorus that angelic chorus and the the angelic imagery and it's like okay this is gonna be some kind of thing and it just jumps right into that j-pop banger man Mm, it's so so good and like um I when we when we were watching it, you were like, all right, we're only going to listen to the to the song the first time and then and then we'll skip it every other episode just so that we're, you know, like not really wasting a whole lot of time. And then we listened to it like five more times before we were like, (laughs) all right, we we got to skip. Yeah. (laughs) Well, even just even the stuff that's not original, man, like the the taste. So the ending theme, Fly Me to the Moon. Right. So side story here. Jojo's Bizarre Adventure. Very popular animated series. Right. Yeah. And manga series. Uh, they recently re-premiered uh, a new series starting at the beginning. There, there had already been an anime series and it kind of started again because there's now more of the manga to work with. Their, yeah, right. their, one of their first opening theme songs was Roundabout by Yes, the band oh, Yes. Oh, sick. So, uh, well, actually, no, not the opening, the ending, but either way. Oh, yeah, uh, right, right. If you, for a time, you would go on Spotify and go to Yes, which is a band that, I've known since I was younger because of my dad's like interest in classic rock. It's like roundabout 20 million listens, everything else, <laughs> nothing. <laughs> <laughs> these, That's these, great. these, these tracks, man, they get in your head. They, they, one thing that I, that, that I want to call back to is that's actually one of the things that I really liked too. And I called this out on our episodes of that, of when we talked about Maisel was that I always thought it was cool that the, um, credits scenes of every episode was a song that they would pick that just related to what was occurring in the episode and what was occurring in the storyline at the time. This hits a little bit of that for me where I, cause um, you know, original stuff is cool, but I also like when you can sort of uh, ad- adapt something that, and it just makes sense for what you're going yeah. for. Like fly me to the moon here is just such a perfect ending song. Yeah. And it goes that extra step further to do like a different rendition every time. Yeah. Right. 
and it just makes it you know that much more interesting and and honestly it made me want to just like see what was coming up for the credits you yeah. know what i mean like i would get kind of excited whenever the credits would start to roll yeah because i was like oh all right we get to hear another one you know so yeah moving past the opening to the meat right yes mm. there's some meat on the bones of this show i showed chris kind of a selection of episodes to illustrate what is there in the series for him to go and review after the fact right so we watched episodes one and two as a pair which is kind of the introduction to evangelion with angel attack and the beast then episodes three and nine a transfer and both of you dance like you want to win to show more of the kind of everyday life and i call it lighthearted, but not necessarily lighthearted. like this is the interim parts of the show that yeah. set you up for the latter half of the show episodes 12 and 16 Shinji and his mental state, right? With she said, quote, don't make others suffer for your personal hatred and the splitting of the breast, which that's a that's a loaded title for that episode. Mm -hmm. Episodes 19 and 24, which is gearing up for the third impact and the point of no return. So we have introjection and the beginning and the end or knocking on heaven's door. And finally, the very end of of episode 26, which is take care of yourself, the kind of surreal. What if this was another show entirely kind of compo component of the show that wraps it yeah. up nicely? So sure. Yeah, let's. Uh, yeah, let's dig in, man. Let's jump right in. So let's fucking do it. Episode one, we're introduced to our boy, our darling little child, Shinji Ikari who is coming from God knows where in the countryside to the big city of Tokyo three, because he has been summoned by his estranged father, Gendo Ikari, who he hasn't seen. And he's being picked up by a lady. We'll get to know very well. Misato Katsuragi. Uh, I don't know her. I can't remember what her rank is at the time, but she's like a major captain. Right? Yeah. I think, it, I think it's captain and then it becomes major, but mm -hmm. We noticed that something's a little weird about Tokyo, right? There's a lot of ruined buildings and a lot of water where there shouldn't be. We do. And we are immediately introduced to the crux of the show when a being called an angel starts attacking the city. Right? So mm -hmm. we have this brief little moment. We'll come back to it where Shinji sees this ghostly image of a girl he hasn't met yet in the street. And there's been a lot of speculation over the years as to what exactly that means. But I mean, you immediately get that blown away by holy shit. There's a kaiju attacking the city, <laughs> right? Yeah. Conventional weapons are useless. It has this thing yes. called an AT field, right? It gets nuked yes. with N2. Like they dump literal multiple nukes onto it right yeah they call these bombs n2 explosives or n2 bombs or something and it's it, i mean it's a nuke yeah <laughs> that's what it is and it comes out of it like relatively unscathed right yeah exactly i mean this is like um you know uh like when the hulk gets shot with bullets <laughs> yeah exactly like they're they're commenting nerve we'll talk about nerve in a minute but they're like oh it can repair itself and Gendo's like, it wouldn't be a good autonomic or rather an automatic weapon or whatever if it if it couldn't yeah. repair itself. 
right? Yeah, right. And I and and I love I love that too. I just want to call that out real quick because I think this is a really cool way that they sort of introduce the way that the characters um, perceive these things and sort yeah. of some of the dichotomy that exists within the universe on exactly you know how to handle these things, oh, yeah. what the right what the right way to do these things are, and that sort of becomes one of the core themes of the show as it as you know they. It is a through line through the episodes that we watched of um, self doubt and doubt in general is everywhere in the oh, show, yeah. and that even and that even pertains to um, you know like nerve, right? Nerve, nerve, oh, yeah. like enter you enter the show with nerve not yet agreeing to be like, hey, send the Ava, yeah, <laughs> you know what I mean? This, this They're is, like, we got it, yeah. This is the first one in fifteen years, right? Nobody knows what right. to do, and. Right. It's like it's just this awesome like confluence of confusing bureaucracy where yeah. everybody's in on the joke, but you and Shinji, right? Yeah. Like what mm-hmm. the hell is even happening here? So we we move on and Shinji gets taken to Nerve, which is this secretive organization that is defending the earth supposedly from these angels. And Shinji encounters his father in the room with the titular Avon Gellion, a giant purple robot. And Shinji is basically told by his father, "You, I've summoned you here to pilot this thing. Get in. Protect yes. us from the angel that is now attacking us. And Shinji, understandably, is distraught and confused. He feels rejected by his father. He has all these bundles of manias we'll talk about later, and he mm-hmm. refuses to pilot it. Until he f- he sees that they're going to force the terribly injured Ray Ayanami, a girl that he saw a ghost of in the street, and he decides to pilot it. And the Ava actually like it activates itself and protects him, right? And then Shinji gets in the robot. We think we're gonna see a big fight. He kind of gets his ass beat for a little bit, and then the episode ends. Yes. Right? So before we move on to the aftermath. Let's let's go back and talk about episode one. It's it's an unbelievable intro because like um, it does everything that you want it to do in terms of onboarding you to the show, right? Mm-hmm. Like it it it's it's you've seen the first episodes of shows a million times. You know what the motif is. We've got a you know you have to at least give the the viewer a compelling hook. And I don't know, right? Um, if I can count the hooks in, oh, yeah. <laughs> in this episode on one hand, um, because like uh, the concept in and of itself is is obviously cool. Like you hear that outside of actually watching the show, right? Like if you just said giant mecha robots that people pilot to fight angels, yeah, sick. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Like I want to check that out, but um. One of the one of the things that I did not realize or didn't didn't anticipate rather was um, just how much I was going to enjoy the way that the angels looked. Oh, yeah. Um, you know, we we love our as as we mentioned on part one, we love our be not afraid memes because, uh, you know, uh biblically accurate depictions of angels are always like these really fucking heinous kaleidoscope things. Oh yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know what I mean? They're nightmare fuel. Yeah, exactly. And, uh, and that's, 
it's not the same kind of thing that's happening here, but it is that same type of, oh, you thought this was going to be like wings and a halo. Yeah, oh, well, it's, okay. the, it's the whole <laughs> idea of calling them angels, right? Like these right. things are hideous mm-hmm. kaiju, right? Yes. With, yeah, with the one- first one that we come into contact with is like this one with like this mask on it. And it's just like this hulking black kind of monster. Yeah. And it's just this black mm-hmm. void with this absolutely unsettling, like long pointed nose mask. Right. Yeah. And it's just like, and it, it shoots laser beams that form crosses. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's the best. Like that, that's, that's like, that's the one that you thought of everything with. Yes. This. <laughs> is what I got out of that. So, um, I mean, this episode had a lot of things to like about it. Um, you get you get the depiction of the angel right away, which like I, I liked because I, I, I admittedly I half expected it to be something that was going to take a while to reveal. Mm-hmm. Right. That we were going to be like that the, the sort of like the first part of the show is this. It's been 15 years yeah. since an angel mm-hmm. attack and this is happening and so on and so forth. And um, I don't want to think too hard about this. Because, you know, I don't think there's much to it, but I like that it just throws you into it because I think that it it makes for a more um, fun and engaging experience whenever you're not being splained to, so to speak. And it's just like, uh, get, like, get in, we're going. <laughs> you know yeah. what I mean? Get in the car, loser. <laughs> we're going to go fight the angel. Yeah, oh, it's it's kind of it's setting the tone immediately. Even if you might not know it in episode one, where the angels aren't really the crux of the show. The angels are the catalyst for the crux of the show, which is man, humans are complicated. (laughs) Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's yeah. It's, it's a great, like you said, I think the best way of looking at it is like the effectiveness of the hooks. What are the angels? Why is this the third angel? Right. Yeah. Like, right. They are there. They say it's the third angel. Why do they why does Gendo treat it like it's basically a machine? Then you have stuff with Shinji. What was that? Why did he see Ray in the street? Who is Ray? Uh, what is his dad doing here? Most importantly, what is an Ava? Because yeah. when he's getting his ass beat and we don't see exactly what happens at the end of the show, but he basically gets a pile driver like driven through the skull of the Ava. Right. Right. It shoots out this huge torrent of blood. Right. Right. It's yeah. like, OK, I thought this was a giant robot show, but this is yeah, there's some and, weird and shit happening here. And it's and it's blood. Yeah. It's not it's not like, you know, giant robot has oil in his part. So, of course, he bleeds blood. He bleeds oil blood. It's yeah. not like that. It's like it's blood. Yeah. Like he, he, going, and it's like it's blood it's yeah. red it's clearly blood yeah so you have all these awesome hooks right and then it just kind of it it just closes the shutter right it's like okay you're in right what well, it, it's it's also we'll talk about this because this show is kind of a send-up of mecha anime in general right it's like the the pilot is this introverted nerd it's a total coward He's got all these mental problems. He doesn't want to pilot the Mecca. When he finally gets into Mecca, he gets his ass beat immediately. Right. It's it's mm-hmm. this send up of all these tropes. But it, it immediately is like, this is our show. 
right? Close. We don't have yep. we don't have the triumphant. Oh, he won the first battle. Everybody clap, right? There's no there's no seeing the horizon break over it. It's the angels are here. Be prepared, right? Yeah. Be, be afraid. So be afraid, right? Yeah. I I yeah I um. I think this is and, and and you know outside of just sort of like the those like opening hooks that that are there to start you on the breadcrumb trail um there's not a whole lot to sort of like digest about this episode outside of like how does it effectively get you prepared for what you're about to experience right yeah and I think you just nailed it there is just this um it's almost like a proof of concept more this more so than a pilot right yeah absolutely and uh, it's it's extremely effective so from the minute that i saw that i was like next yes <laughs> i was like let's go because i gotta see it i gotta see what happens because that's another thing that i really liked about how they cut it off and there was nothing there you're just like yeah like how could you cut there like a, <laughs> a cliffhanger on day one like what yeah yeah especially because um man i really like when um there is when a show does when a show builds like a like a moment effectively in like a small vacuum right yeah like it's not that we've been building this whole season to get shinji into the robot and now he's gonna fight the angel and it's gonna be crazy right you know nothing about shinji right yeah when you're coming into this show you know nothing about his character it's the first episode how could you Everything that you see from and 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 from a visual perspective and everything you hear dialogue wise has you like really rooting for for yeah. Shinji at the end yeah. of it. And and this is something that I think we're probably gonna call back to a lot because back when you first watched it, right, your first pass, oh yeah, you hated Shinji. Oh yeah. When right? I was when I was a teenager and I watched this show for the first time, I could not stand Shinji. My thoughts were stop crying get in the robot, like do your job, stop running away. Like, well, I mean, honestly, the, the core idea of the theories, the sentence that Hideaki Anno, the director started with was I mustn't run away, which is like That's Shinji's right. mantra, right? Yep. He says that to himself all the time. And it, I 100% hated this kid. Right. And now yep. years later, watching it as an adult, it's, I have a totally different opinion of him. Right. Yeah. And so I, I got none of, you know, that I, I, I felt I, I really liked him. I mean, I, I started rooting for him immediately because, yeah. you know, n like you said, now that I'm adult, now that I'm an adult, now that I adult, yeah, I internalize feeling. Yeah. Now that I'm an adult, I look back on my childhood and I recognize all of these like emotional scars that I have from the themes that Shinji is really exemplifying yeah. here. So, um, yeah, I just I really liked uh, a lot of how they just they, they really just usher you into it. It's a, it's a really great first episode. Yeah. And then we're left with that cliffhanger for the sum of an entire other episode because <laughs> we move on to episode two and Shinji just wakes up in the hospital bed. That's right. Right. Clearly, the world has not ended. Right. Something happened, but we don't know what. And this episode is kind of a. It's one in a trend, right? There's lots of aftermath episodes of these series. Time to deal with the fallout of things. And Shinji is... To say that he's 
lost, right, is probably an understatement. He's moved away from his, quote, sensei, right? He references that he was living with his sensei, his teacher. Who knows what that means? But he moves away from his sensei to come to the big city to meet his father. Who knows what he's expecting, right? He hasn't seen them in years. And he's basically told, you need to get in this giant robot and fight literal <laughs> demons like giant kaiju and right. when your robot feels pain you're going to feel pain and you're the only one that can help us and he has this enormous burden placed upon him right yeah and mm-hmm. he doesn't even have anyone to lean on because right we find out that gendo wants uh, his father uh gendo ikari wants absolutely nothing to do with shinji yeah he and it's he, it's a very it's a very uh piercing coldness yeah he he sees shinji as an object yeah he even Mm -hmm. makes reference to i believe in the first episode and then several times after the fact he basically calls him a spare a pilot he is just another check mark in the box that is shinji uh that is gendo ikari's list of assets i have to do the things i want to do right that's right he's an ava pilot first yeah so Shinji is taken under the wing of Misato, the captain that brought him into uh, Nerve that picked him up on the in the first episode. And he kind of has some time to consider what has happened. Right. And there's there's a lot of um, interpersonal stuff here. But the main crux is that we get to the end of episode two after Shinji has had time to talk to Misato. Uh, this is like setting up for probably one of the most important relationships he has in the show, which is his kind of weird maternal figure that he sees in her and readjusting to a life with people in it. And then Shinji's lying awake in his bed at night and he, he remembers what happened in that fight against the angel. And we cut back to the cliffhanger of the first episode and Ava is getting its shit. Absolutely rocked right yes the angel uh-huh. breaks its arm it like i said it shoots the pile driver through its skull and shinji's in this excruciating pain and all of a sudden something changes something snaps right and the ava loses control it goes berserk it opens its mouth and it shrieks like a banshee and it charges the uh, angel with this renewed vigor. Like before, Shinji couldn't figure out how to pilot the thing, right? Yeah. And he was just right. getting his shit rocked. And this thing goes into this berserker rage and it tears apart the angel's AT field, which is this like giant shield that protects it from normal weaponry. The Ava yeah. just tears it open with its bare hands and starts beating the angel to death until it finally <laughs> self destructs in one gigantic pyre, right? Yes. And I love how absolutely brutal the combat is in this show between these two things, because you like it. It really, to me, first off, like when Shinji's in control, it almost speaks to like his lack of training, of course. Right. It's just going to be this just like Donnie Brook kind of style. Right. He's not going to be doing some of the stuff that we would later see him do in the Eva on this first path. He is just going to try to whoop this fucking thing's ass. Yeah. Right. And when the Eva takes over, 
like almost seemingly like with Shinji sort of just like up against the ropes and like it just like you said it lets out this huge shriek and just goes nuts right you almost feel it's like a very one-to-one feeling right where Shinji was like I'm just trying to whoop this thing's ass now the Eva's like I'm gonna whoop this fucking thing's ass yeah it's really really great at just how brutal it is because I think it goes a long way to just uh communicate like the way that Shinji remembers yeah. this the brutality right yeah. the uh just the the evisceration that he experienced it's yeah. great and i i've always appreciated too that i think it's like it's a statement about his emotional maturity where it's literally like a child flailing it's a child yeah. with way too much right. strength desperate and backed into a corner and just like flailing out of control and in the aftermath right if that if that wasn't crazy enough that this robot apparently went berserk right right it we have this awesome shot where it's like exiting in the fl- exiting the flames of the self-destruct explosion and everybody in nerve is watching on the screen and they're like so that's the ava's true form right it's just shrouded in shadow in the fire and the ava's helmet falls off mm-hmm. not its head its helmet and there's something right. underneath and shinji looks to the side and he sees an orb that slowly rotates to reveal an eye that focuses on Shinji and he screams. And that's, that's where we close. Right. Oh, that's so good. Like, I'm like imagining it in my head right now, going back at like, as you described that. And like, I loved the end of that episode because there's the cliffhanger of, I want to know what happens. And then there's the Holy shit cliffhanger for me, which is like, that was it. You know, you know, I loved the end of this episode so much, but to go back to, I think some of the things that um, I liked about it at the top is that I like these cuts that, 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 that were all throughout the show. And sometimes they're between episodes, right? They're mm-hmm. not necessarily through uh, just self-contained within their own um, where like, there's that cliffhanger of, you know, the Eva's on the ropes and then immediately Shinji in this hospital room. Right. Um, I like it, especially whenever it's between episodes, because, and let me be very clear. I also am of the opinion that this is not something that you can just kind of do, right? It has to be done. It has to be executed well for it to hit and land. I like that immediate like shift, you know what I mean? Because I think that, um, it, it's, it's almost like a, like an affirmation for you that, uh, it, it that it was as traumatic as it seemed, you yeah. know, and uh, I think that communicates that very well. And I especially think that um, that scene is really beautiful with him in, in the hospital room, the empty hospital room, because it's really sort of hazy and grainy. There's mm-hmm. light coming in through the room. Um, Everything's it's just a really white. Of, yeah. Yeah. It's really it's this really pleasant. It's almost heavenly. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah, it's absolutely. Heavenly, you know, and uh, and it. You, you for a moment you're like oh oh fuck he's dead and he's like yeah. hallucinating <laughs> you well, know what i mean yeah well you get this thing too where like we find out that one of shinji's ideas of heaven is a place where he's totally alone and here he yeah. is totally alone in this pure white world and all he can muster to say is a ceiling i don't know right yeah. like mm-hmm. he doesn't he's not like happy and i, I think that it also to go back to what you said about it cutting in that right place. Right. I like that. We're seeing, we're left wondering, right. 
what happened. But more importantly, we have to recontextualize how Shinji has been acting to that point of he's laying in bed himself thinking about this highly traumatizing event. And he's just had to had to go about his day like normal. Like he went from normal human being to I was just in a robot and had to fight a kaiju and I felt all the pain of the robot, including when it split my head open and then I murdered it and it exploded. And then I saw my own eyeball, which wasn't my <laughs> eyeball. Right. And he has to go through all this stupid bureaucracy of figuring out where he's living. And like Misato is like saying, hey, go take a bath. It'll like scrub your worries away. Like, bitch, what do you mean? Right. <laughs> like a bath is not going to help with this. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Um. It it really was it really is too because you think about the you think about how many times you've stayed up awake at night right or yeah. like lie, lie and like um I'm very famous for uh myself for laying in bed and remembering the fucking cringiest thing I did that year yeah you know what I mean I do Just that too when, yeah. when nothing's in my head my embarrassment fills the void yeah right it's <laughs> so. like PTSD. <laughs> yeah so you have these uh you really sort of can relate to that to an extent of um you know when he's like waking up and he's just numb to it you know what i mean but it really would be like being just literally ripped out of wine at uh you know the deli and thrown into a fucking panzer tank yeah <laughs> and having <laughs> and to take like, live fire yeah yeah exactly and they're like all right it's all up to you you're the only tank yeah <laughs> You know, so of course he's going to be doing this. But at the same time, to your point, the only thing that he can say is another ceiling that I don't know. So it's like. It's you almost sort of self insert a little bit like I would have blocked that out of my mind in a oh, self-preservation, yeah. you yeah. know what I mean? Uh, mm -hmm. uh, move. Right. And I think that um, that is is a really really interesting uh scene to put there because you want to see the victory you want to see the win if you immediately see the win and the victory whenever the eva is it, it, that cliffhanger happens in episode one you cheer because the fucking angel is dead and the evil won. but when you finally see that right yeah and you understand like exactly how shinji is processing it after the fact it takes on a different type of pleasure whenever you see the angel die, yeah. you know? Yeah, exactly. Really, really, really good uh, follow up to the to the pilot, I thought, because um, if the pilot, if the first episode is is to get you in, right, the second episode is to sort of get you comfortable, yeah. right? Because mm -hmm. here's where we sort of show you some a, a lot of the the themes that we're going to be toying with, right? Yeah. Well. Shinji is now scarred for life and he is he's about to be scarred. How many episodes are left in the series? 23 more times. So, <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. uh -huh. we exit from this episode and we go into what I called. I, I kept calling it lighthearted. I think what I meant more was the status quo, right? The status yeah. quo episodes, episode three and nine. So episode three, a transfer places us in a completely different reality than what we just experienced. Shinji is a high school student, right? Yeah. And mm -hmm. you're not going to recognize this, but 
a lot, a lot, a lot of anime culture is centered on high school. And that's because Japanese life after high school is usually pretty depressing on the whole. You work hard to get into a college, which is like a social status. So you have the people that kill themselves when they don't make it into college. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. You graduate from college and go work for a company where overtime is expected. It's not culturally acceptable to take your work leave. You might be working like for a what's called a black company where you're working so much that they have an actual word for being overworked to death. Uh they have to go and spend their free time with the company too when they go on their drinking outings and stuff because it's called like life is pretty bleak for mm-hmm. a lot of app for a lot of at least Tokyo salary men and women. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So anime culture focuses a lot on high school, which is seen as like a lot more of a. I don't know, like a happier time, right? It's like a rose colored glasses thing. Yeah, I mean, you know, not the same exact way, but like I'm sure you can count, you know, you bring up is is right away. Think of five people who, you know, that are always like, oh, dude, I miss high school. Yeah, right. (laughs) And to to say that, right, it's like a it's it's a trope at this point, basically. Right. Like, yeah, definitely. Everything is said in high school, even like. Dragon Ball Z, Gohan goes to high school in part of it, right? Like, it's it's a big trope. There's there's lots and lots of shows that are especially lighthearted to take place there. And for Shinji, he doesn't get to experience any of that, right? He has he shows up to class and he has this momentary. I don't even know if he's really happy about it. This momentary success where. The class realizes he's the pilot of the Ava that fought the angel the other day and they crowd around him. But this catches the attention of one of his classmates, Toji Suzuhara, whose sister was injured in the attack. And he blames Shinji and he beats him up. Right. Yeah. How could you not blame Shinji? Yeah. So. Shinji at this point, right, feels like an outcast everywhere his father doesn't want him he's living with this woman he barely knows he has to pilot this scary robot and fight literal kaiju demons the other ava pilot ray isn't really talking to him he's getting beaten up at school right he says to himself it's not like i wanted to pilot the thing either and he wonders to himself why am i even doing this if this is the way i'm going to be treated right well He's I think this is also the episode we see where he's doing some training exercises and he's got these dead fish eyes. Right. He's saying to himself over and over again, target in the center, pull the switch, target in the center, pull the switch, target in the center, pull the switch. It's like hypnotic. Right. Yep. Mm -hmm. Well, an angel. God, I'm I'm sorry. Real quick. Do, Do you think that so like what I took that as is like. I sort of internalized that as uh, him just sort of getting lost in his work to yeah. distract from the abject misery. I think he's just depersonalized. I think that yeah. he he has turned off his personality to protect himself in the, in the way uh, a lot yeah. of soldiers do. Right. Sure. It's, it's right. shell shock, PTSD, whatever you want to call it. Right. Yeah. So mm-hmm. so an angel shows up. Yeah. An angel shows up and Shinji 
remembers his training, targeting the sure center does. pull the switch, but it doesn't work. He creates a, <laughs> a smoke screen, and the angel takes advantage of the takes advantage of the smoke screen from being shot and starts again whooping Ava's ass. This is part of kind of the send up of Mecha, where Shinji just gets his ass beat constantly for the first majority of the show right and he ends up being thrown against a cliff and he uh through some like shenanigans ends up right next to toji and another of his classmates right right he has to let them in the eva and again shinji reaches his breaking point he's scared to die obviously he's in pain he doesn't want to do this and he gives out again like this primal scream it's like the the child backed into a corner right and he ignores his orders to retreat and just goes for broke. He, he's lost his plug cable. It's a neat thing about the Avas is that they don't just have magic fuel sources that never run out like a lot of mecha shows. They right. have to be literally plugged into an electric electrical grid. And if they're not, they run out of power. They have a time limit. Right. Right. And he's up against the clock. He's stabbing his special anti-angel knife into this creature's core and he's screaming and his classmates see from his perspective what he has to deal with right and right we we end on shinji finally getting some acceptance toji like i don't think he ever actually apologizes but he recognizes what shinji has to put up with right yeah acknowledgement yeah he comes to understand him and Again, we're just kind of left with Shinji in a hole, right? Like repeating theme. Yeah. <laughs> so there, there's not a lot to this one, but I wanted to show it to you because I think it sets up like if you're going to watch the show, you'll see a lot of Toji and Kensuke, right? Right. Uh, Bulk the, and Skull. Yeah, Bulk and Skull. You'll they'll they have actually some pretty major parts in the show. Oh, sick! Awesome. Uh, and. It's I think it's important to see just how backed up against the wall he is, too, because I was going through the list of possible episodes and I was like, definitely one and two. Do I want to show three? And I thought about it and I said to myself, Shinji doesn't catch a break. For like six episodes, and I kind of want to show that right where it's just like, yeah. It, after the the trauma of episode two, he doesn't even get this lighthearted high school episode. It's just get back in the robot, Shinji. Time for your daily trauma. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, right. Well, because I think it's all too common. You know, like uh, we love Power Rangers references. Yeah. But like as soon as you get your morphin time, right? Yeah. And it's it's when, right? Like that's what people like. People like these very quick. You know what I mean? I mean, like even if you look at recent content, right? You can mm-hmm. call something like um, you could say, well, oh, the Falcon and the Winter Soldier, because now he's Captain America. And that was a slow burn. And it's like, yeah, but he's not assuming the role of Captain America and then getting his fucking ass kicked. Right. right. And having to sort of like discover why he should be Captain America rather than, you know what I mean? And I'm not trying to compare the two. I just mean to say that I think it's good to show when a character has reached what you as a normal person viewer would consider a Zenith, like piloting a giant, awesome mech. Right. I think it's also, I think it's cool whenever you have those moments because it's, it creates another compelling angle for the character to kind of show like, 
even at the top, even if even if you're piloting a giant dope robot, you know what I mean? You can still have all of this interpersonal trauma with yourself that is unresolvable, even if you can just go out and take it out on a literal angel. Right. (laughs) You know what I mean? Exactly. So I really like that about it because it creates interesting characters. Um, It creates characters that can fail. You know what I mean? It creates characters that are uh, themselves not unimpeachable. And uh, and that makes, for me, makes a lot of what we would eventually see in Eva hit for those reasons. So yeah. I really like this one. And I think that I think it's important to to kind of show those in-betweens. And like status quo is a good word for it, right? Because there's nothing important happening from the overall perspective. The Eva's not evolving. There's not like, a main story beat where we find out, oh, my God, the angel's boss is coming next week. You know yeah. what I mean? There's not like this. It's just really focused on this yeah, moment well, for Shinji. Yeah. And it's it's our first introduction too to a recurring theme of the series that you touched upon there, which is like this show on Ono's work in particular. And this show does a great job of it is really focused on bureaucracy and human nature. And there's something poetic about the idea. The, I think about it more the lo- the older I get, where it's like, okay, this child literally stopped Armageddon. I'm gonna beat him up in the school parking lot, basically. Exactly right. Like, right. Exactly right. It's like humans are gonna continue to be humans no matter the circumstance. We see that in episode one too, where they're like arguing over bureaucracy of who gets to take down the angel before they all find <laughs> out that it's completely pointless. Right. But yeah. It's, it's, right. It's like there's it's all throughout the show where it's like you have the angels that are this single-minded like they they just do what is what they have to do to get to their goal and then you have the humans alongside them that are just doing everything possible to fuck each other over constantly right right mm-hmm. right and uh and i think too that those themes really uh work well because you have a lot of other things about the uh, setting and that in the in the universe that this show exists in that go to provide passive juxtapositions like that for me like um you can see how when sort of uh like bureaucracy wins in an in, yeah. in sort of an instance whenever you see how they protect the city yeah you know what i mean and you see that and you're just like okay so These people and the people that are there, right, the people that exist in this in this show are smart enough to do this to say angels keep fucking our city up. What if we made it retractable? Yeah, the city just (laughs) goes underground into this. It just goes underground. Yeah, it's this giant. What is it? This giant open space called the geo front that we didn't discover what that was on the show or rather in the shill, but yeah, yeah, it's just, it's like that, that exactly right. Like they, they have the foresight to retract the shitty city into the geo front. So they don't have to rebuild it constantly, but then they can't just let whoever is most qualified handle it. Right. Exactly. You don't immediately have the Ava out ready for the angel to fuck it up. Yeah. You want to shoot guns at it first. Yeah. And then they send uh, bills and complaints, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, it's, um, I, re- it, it's another one of those things for me that is just, uh, indicative of, you know, this is yeah. somebody's thing. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's, it's world building. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Great right. episode. So I think this next episode that's coming up is probably my favorite of the really? bunch. That's yeah. okay. 
So next is visually both, at least. Yeah. Oh, definitely visually. It's it's great. Yeah. Uh both of you, Dane's like you want to win, episode nine. I showed this one specifically because of the fight scene. Because yeah, I like I like absolutely. how it's choreographed and I like the music. And I think it was just a nice little interlude that also shows you some of the ongoing relationships without giving stuff away that I wanted to keep secret in the show. So in the previous episode, episode eight, that we did not watch, we meet the second children, which is second child is just the way they translate in the show. But the pilot of Ava number two, Shinji pilots Ava number one, Ray pilots Ava number zero. So this is technically the third pilot, Asuka Langley Soryu from, I believe, Germany. I think she's half German, half Japanese or something like that. Yeah. Right. Mm -hmm. Because she says she speaks German in the show. So, yeah. Very poorly, uh, very poorly done <laughs> German in a Japanese accent. It's really off-putting. Yeah. Also English in a Japanese <laughs> accent. So, um, she so Asuka was introduced in the last episode, and she moves in with Shinji and Misato. And Asuka is one of the three most popular characters in Ava. I'll spell them out for you, Chris. Asuka Langley Soryu, Rei Ayanami. And Misato Katsuragi, the three pretty ladies of the show, right? They yeah, are, of course, right. Ev- they are everybody's favorite characters. There is tons of mer- merchandise made with their faces on it, including things like Bleach that I think I mentioned on the last episode, right? Uh-huh. Like it, everything is sold with their faces on it, right? So understandable. Asuka's a bitch. Let's yeah. be real. She is. Yeah. She's a teenager. This is forgivable, right? Especially now in my old age, I recognize what she is dealing with and i forgive her but she is a yes. bitch she is yeah. <laughs> needlessly cruel to everybody yes. she's Correct. uh arrogant she brash. really reminds me of like the um like the preppy boy trope character from high school comedies kind of yeah she, she's she's a heather in a way right ah uh, yeah mm-hmm. uh she yeah she immediately makes an impact on the cast of our show because she's She's very cocksure. She whereas Shinji doesn't want to fight and doesn't know why he's piloting the Ava and he's not particularly great at it yet. Asuka is like, oh, I'm the best shit ever. Stay out of my way. I got this. I can handle the apocalypse all on my own. You suck. I hate you. Move out. All this all this energy. Right. And they show up to the site of the nearest angel attack. And Asuka's like, stand back, Shinji. Yeah, I got this. And she does this weird karate looking shit. And she ends up stabbing the angel in its core, which is typically how you defeat it. And lo and behold, this angel specialty specialty is splitting into two. Call an ambulance. Yeah, but, but not, not for me. For me. <laughs> <laughs> so we jump cut. Uh, both of the Avas have been defeated and in a very comical shot, they're both shown to be like suplexed into the ground, basically like only their <laughs> legs are visible, right? They're yeah, stuck in right. the earth and the adults are well, the second in command of nerve, a mysterious character that follows Gendo around. Uh, he basically says, you've hum- you've humiliated us, right? Get your shit together. They drop every nuke they have left, apparently. On top of the angel <laughs> to stop it temporarily so they have time. Yeah. And Misato uh, gets a... Uh, basically, she's like buried in complaints from people, right? And she gets some help from a suggestion from Kaji, 
her estranged boyfriend who showed up with Asuka in the last episode that they need to work together and coordinate their attack on it to destroy both copies at the same time. Q kind of a tropey, funny rom-com-esque, like we have to work together type thing that yep. still shows kind of the people we're dealing with. Asuka has to come to terms with the fact that she can't be the best all the time. She storms out of practice angrily because she feels that her pride has been damaged and she has been slighted, right? Yes. Highly unreasonable person. So we, we start to understand what we're working with. But Chris, the real reason, obviously, that I decided to show you this one is the fight scene, right? Uh, it's fucking sick. I mean, this classical music, right? This um, ballet. Yeah. Is exactly what it is, right? It's a ballet. It's it's incredible. I mean, th there's cool, right? There's yeah. cool. Like, you know, you think like robots fighting, it's cool. You know, like that that's that's something that's you would check that out. But like two robots ballerina dancing to take down a fucking kaiju angel? Yeah. All right. <laughs> it's it's just this really like you can tell they just said to themselves, we should do an episode where we do this like really elaborate fight choreography Absolutely. and set it to music. Right. Yeah. And I, you know, I don't, I don't know anything about the creation of the show, but for me that, that just comes across as like this fully realized moment of wouldn't it be fucking cool? <laughs> you mm -hmm. know, you know? Yeah. And it, it just, it's awesome. And there, there's really no, no other way to talk about it other than that. It's just that, like you said, I think that I think the narrative behind why they're doing it is good. I think that what it shows about the characters is uh, valuable for the story building and for their individual arcs. And um, like you said, like it's this sort of rom com kind of deal. And yeah. that in and of itself even though this is a more lighthearted episode is itself a moment of levity. Even when you're th talking about this choreographed fight, you know what I mean? Yeah. So I just think it, it works really well together, you know, and it, it, it doesn't provide too stark of a contrast for more serious stuff. Like you couldn't put some in my, for me, I don't think it works as well when you do that sort of eighties montage of them figuring out how to work together in a more serious episode. It's gotta be yeah. with something like this. And mm -hmm. it just really, it really makes your heart sing whenever you see it. It's great. Yeah. There's not much else to say about this one. I just really like that fight yeah, scene, it's, like, it's especially awesome. in, a, in a show that is characterized largely by kind of the close range brutality of its combat right like things right. don't get executed cleanly in ava there's always a a plan and the plan doesn't happen and it comes down to not bare knuckle brawling but basically brawling like brawling in the mud with a knife right it's, it's all the elegance of a knife fight so yeah and, and i mean to your point as well um i think that that's cool from the perspective of uh like you're fighting this otherworldly being. There's only so much you're going to know about it. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? Right. And, and that to me is always more interesting and fun to watch than like some of the bleeding cool stuff like, uh, uh, slash my huge katana, turn around and wait three seconds and then boom, it blows yeah. up behind me. You know right. what I mean? This mm -hmm. is just like target in the center. 
pull the switch. Fuck. You know what I mean? It's, It's I like it. I like it like that. Yeah. So we moved on and then we entered the real meat of my shill. Yes. This is the show is starting to really think about itself now. So I believe we're tw- we're, we're getting to my favorite scene in the show. Ooh. Episode 12. She said, "Don't make others suffer for your personal hatred." Which is a apt title for this yes. one. So There's a lot in this episode. Lore-wise, theme-wise, even I guess visually, right? So yeah. mm. Ikari Gendo, who is Shinji's dad, the leader of Nerve, and his second-in-command, Fuyutsuki, are on a mission to the Antarctic. They're on this big battle cruiser, and the Antarctic does not look like the Antarctic anymore. <laughs> this, is one of the, no. this is one of those times where you see the world that we're in. So the second yeah. impact has completely changed Earth. The, there is no Antarctica anymore. It's just a bunch of like pillars of ice in the ocean right Right. there's no major landmass anymore and they go there and they're talking about and we flash back to the second impact misato was in antarctica on an expedition with her scientist father at the time of the second impact and we get some information told in this flashback that raises some more questions so her father puts her there's this massive explosion we see he's like brutally wounded he's almost like melting and he puts Misato, young girl Misato, into a capsule that protects her and saves her life. And we see that the second impact is not a meteor, as what was previously described. Angel's wings for, fly out from the epicenter and we hear a scream as we zoom out to a picture of the world during the second impact. Right. So things are not what they appear. That's right. Back in Japan, there is a new angel that's attacking. I like I like this design a lot, even though it looks goofy. I I think that it's it's moving towards that kind of biblical angel thing where it's just got eyes, 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 eyes. And it's like this non geometric shape. Right. Yeah, it's 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 much more eldritch in nature for me, which is, I think, why I like it so much. So this angel is it looks like a it looks like the Nickelodeon symbol, basically, and it's hovering (laughs) in space to describe it. Uh, It's uh, it's hovering in space. I've always internalized it as Nickelodeon symbol (laughs) Uh, and it's hovering in space just out of range of like their weapons and like where the Avas could get to. And it's dropping pieces of itself from orbit, which is making these like basically mega nuke craters in the earth where it drops yeah. right and it's only a matter of time until it corrects its aim and it lands on tokyo 3 that's right so uh the avas get sent out to fight it and what's less important than what's actually happening we see some good teamwork from the team here of shinji ray and uh asuka yeah things are clearly built to that point where they're working a little bit more finely together yeah. But they they manage to stop the thing that falls from orbit, the angel, and defeat it. And there's a big explosion. But the most important part of this episode, even more than the moments about the second impact, which we'll go back and talk about that. Shinji's dad calls in to congratulate the team. He's on audio only because they're in Antarctica and they don't have like a satellite relay or something. And he says, 
Good job, Shinji. And that ruins him. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it I uh you know these these moments for characters of finally getting the thing that you have communicated to the audience that it's the only thing that you seem to want and now you've gotten it. Yeah. And it is not what you thought it would be. Yeah. I love that. So Shinji, right? This is this is probably no, it's not the it's not that's not fair. It's not the climax of the relationship with his father, but this is probably one of the first milestones, right? Shinji probably to this point hates his father, doesn't understand him, but part of him is still a child that's craving his affection, right? Yeah. He doesn't understand why his father left him. He doesn't understand why he called on him now. He doesn't know why his father doesn't love him. Right. Or at least doesn't appear to. Right. And. Episode 12. Finally awakens something in him, because when he hears good job, Shinji. It does. It no longer matters to him how much he hates his father. Now he has new emotions to process. Am I piloting the Ava because I want my dad's attention and love? Right. Right. Mm -hmm. And this is something he wrestles with for the rest of the show basically and he starts he starts to interact with his father differently but man it's just this bomb drop to him where this kid has had to fight angels he feels totally alone in the universe and one of the things that hits him the hardest is his dad telling him good job right yeah uh and especially when you when you remember too that he's a kid yeah you know like he is a child and i know that like there are some not that specifically, but, you know, there are some things in my life like that where, like, if I heard them from certain people, it would destroy me. Yeah. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And so, like, even as an adult, I can understand, like, what that would be like. But as a child, when your sole focus is really this one person, mm -hmm. you know, it's a really good moment. And I, I like, too, the way that they represent it, too, because... um it's like a look of introspection for Shinji. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. It doesn't come across as this. Um, he doesn't gasp or shout or say anything or to, to well up or whatever. It just kind of shows him. And he's just like. Uh, you know yeah. what I mean? It's really, really good. It's the first time he's probably ever heard that sentence. Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, it's uh, yeah, no, it's a great episode. And I think that 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 for what we eventually get to is so yeah so important yeah. you know but enough about feelings let's talk about the second impact yeah how cool is that shit right man like i i really uh i really wasn't sure how how heavy they were gonna lean into the biblical imagery yeah. right because number one i just don't know what that's like for that culture mm -hmm. like in america usually stuff that kind of um memes is meme is not the right word but stuff that borrows religious imagery to represent the bad guys you know yeah. what i mean is a little bit more um out and out you think yeah. about constantine you know what i mean yeah. hell you know you know doom what eternal. i mean like the, right doom eternal right another really great great example um these ones really sort of they fooled me 
because when I saw them, I was like, oh, okay. You know what I mean? Like I said, like sort of like hyper realized, like, you know what I mean? Stuff like that, where it's, it's not quite ham fistedly biblical. We're not going to see things like, and then you start to see stuff like the crucifix lasers yeah. and the angel wings yeah. and just the, the, out the seraphim out, like, wings. It's literally like a six winged angel, right? Yep, exactly. Yeah. It's, uh, it's awesome. Like, yeah. it's just, it, it goes from the, cause you hear about like, like you said, like it's kind of, it's kind of led on that it was like a meteor strike or, you know, like some kind of like uh dinosaur ending event. Yeah. Something right. similar to that. And then it this whole time, and I'm sure since I only saw a couple episodes, I'm sure it's even even more so whenever, you know, you go back and watch the whole thing. But um, you get to that point, and that for me is when like that was like mask off yeah, moment. Right. You know what I mean? Because I was just like, oh shit. Yeah, because the show just kind of nonchalantly tells you in the beginning, Shinji's teacher, this like doddering old man, is just starts reminiscing about the olden days because the second impact was 15 years ago in the time of the right. show like i used to live in this town and now it's underwater but i hear it's like a popular scuba spot right because yeah. antarctica like fucking evaporated and the water had to go somewhere and it right. just rose the sea level right right everywhere right and you get this this uh, this feeling this sinking feeling that like so they're called angels yeah right why are they called angels who knows by the way the cosmology of this show i think is one of the most interesting cosmologies of a thing that i like that i watched i i think this one is really cool but why are they called angels who knows maybe this is just like for to answer your question the japanese i think view christianity or judeo-christian stuff as a novelty kind of Uh so um there aren't many Christians in Japan, for example. Right. So um, I think that they they view it as a novelty and it's like, OK, well, like maybe they just call them angels. Right. Maybe it's a play right. on words. The second impact was a meteor. These are some weird like mutants or space creatures. Who the fuck knows? Right. And then you zoom out and you see a seraphim the size of Antarctica rising from this like molten crater, right? And screaming, right? And you're like, oh, okay. Maybe (laughs) there's something to this whole angel thing, right? Like you said, crucifix lasers, the many-eyed creature, right? There's these all these things that are like, what is actually happening here, right? I I think... That's kind of cool how that happens too, like you said. And it's and I don't know if this is intentional or not, but um, you would almost think that that's how the people in the show would have reacted to them at first. Get to right, yeah. What are these things? These are angels. <laughs> you yeah. know what I mean? Don't look oh, like an angel. Yeah. Oh, these are oh shit. These are angels. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Right. Yeah. Very very cool. Um. I, I know we kind of said, we said this on part one and you were like, you know, Astral Chain is kind of like the video gameized version of this, but like that scene is so cool. And like the way that it looks and the art is so well done that like, I just don't know if you could really represent that as effectively 
as oh, yeah. the way that it's depicted here. Oh, it yeah. just it's the coolest apocalyptic scene I've ever seen in my life. Oh yeah. Yeah, it's great. The other thing the other thing I think will because it's gonna trans transition us into our next episode, but we learn a little bit about Misato's motivations here too, and that she's yeah. she's a little more like Shinji than she lets on. She she also has daddy issues and she has a personal vendetta against the angel. She's lost and she doesn't know who she is and what she's fighting for, except that she has this vague idea that the angels killed her father, who she was never close with, and they deserve to die. That's right. So we transition into the splitting of the breasts, which I love that title because of the final image of this episode. But this is the show. This people point to this episode as the turning point of the show Uh there are the first 15 episodes and then there are episodes 16 through 26 right yeah splitting of the breasts is ava experimenting with its final mission statement so a new angel appears in tokyo and it's this big spheroid looking thing it's black and white my favorite fucking angel yeah and it's it's just hovering over the city and we see a new Shinji, right? Shinji, Very new. Shinji is feeling himself for some reason before the, in the between these four episodes. He's mm-hmm. like peppy and he's like the number one. He has the highest sync rate, whatever the fuck that means with his Ava. It means like he's synchronized <laughs> with it better <laughs> yeah. or some shit, right? Right. And he's the team lead. Asuka's deferring to him. She's like, oh, go get him, Shinji, sarcastically, right? Right. He he says to Misato is now like basically his mother figure. He's like, uh, it's the man's job to go out and fight. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Like it, it, it's this very like, I love this. I love this scene because they're talking to Asuka about it. Yeah. And Asuka's like, and, and they're like, and Shinji's like, don't send her. I'll go. It's a man's yeah. job after all. Right. You want yeah. a man doing this, don't you? And it's just like, damn, yeah. sh- Jesus, Shinji. And they, they all react in that way. They're like, uh, <laughs> like, you yeah, sure they're like, what? yeah, because like, like nerve, uh, nerve is a very like gender equality place. Right. Like yeah, most, right. most of the most important people are female in the show. Yeah. Right. <laughs> so yeah. Right. But so like Shinji's feeling himself. And then the angel sees that volleyball lob that Shinji has put up and it spikes it back in his face. That's Shinji, right. Shinji, he, uh, he jumps out ahead of the team and fires some rounds at the angel, but it just vanishes. And a giant shadow consumes everything on the ground beneath Shinji and he's sucked in in this haunting scene where he's calling for help and he calls for Misato, the only person that, Shows him any affection at this point. And he show he yells for Oscar and Ray, his teammates, and he's sucked in. Yep, right. And he's in. He, that is it. Yeah. And he's he's sucked into this void, this literal void. Yeah. This void of nothingness. This. It's called a sea of Dirac, which I yeah. I love the nomenclature. That's oh, I did not know that. Yeah. That is that is terrific. Yeah. So it is, but it is it's terrifying. Yeah, it is literal nothingness. Yeah. And they discover that the actual angel is the shadow on the ground and that the sphere in the sky is its shadow because it exists on a separate, basically plane. It is 
literally a flat plane like it, it is yeah. they say they give some like it's like some picometer or something like in width right yeah and it, it's absorbed the shinji into this parallel universe called a sea of Dirac, right and everybody well not everybody misato is beside herself yeah right shinji has he's lost right yeah and uh our our uh number one lady or uh doctor i forget her name right now because, because i've been saying like 30 names but uh the uh ritzko ritzko well, yeah, yeah 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 uh ritzko akagi is kind of the chief scientist of nerve she's misato's old college buddy and she's been yep. ever present in the show and she's like we're gonna she's, nuke it she's my waifu from oh, this God. show I love her. I want to like business ladies. (laughs) I want I want to see how you feel about that. If you go and watch the series back, I'll be deeply interested. I agree. Listen, listen, when I when I say that, right. Yeah. I'm just basing it off of the fact that she's put together and she looks like a business lady. Yes. Right. And she's not burping and farting Masato. She she is definitely. Like, I don't understand people that like Ray or Asuka. Brief aside, let's talk about waifus. Yeah, I don't yeah, understand yeah. people that like Ray or Asuka. Putting the kid thing aside, like giving benefit. Of, like when I was a teenager, I thought that Asuka was cute or whatever, right? Yeah, I never right. thought Asuka was cute. I thought she was a total bitch. I never <laughs> <laughs> I never liked Ray. Like Ray is just too nothing of a person, yeah. right? right. She, yeah. She's just cute. That's it. Yeah, she's like a shell. Yeah. So you're left with Misato and Ritsuko, right? And I can understand people like Ritsuko, but things that happen in the show just like give, give a giant X mark for me on her. All right, so fair enough. We'll, fair enough. We'll talk about that when you, all right, all right, you right. when I'm gonna say when oh, you watch okay. this show. I'm that confident right. in this. So all right, all right, all right. So anyway, waifu talk aside, Misato is beside herself because Ritsuko proposes that they dump every remaining nuke they have into the angel. We're talking hundreds of them, right? Probably thousands, who even knows? And they're hoping that that'll destroy the angel. And Misato says, well, what about Shinji? He's inside the angel. And everybody's kind of just like, it's like the meme of the the p- monkey puppet that looks to the side, right? Like, yeah. I was like, uh, <laughs> not really worried about Shinji yeah. right now, right? <laughs> well, in the meanwhile, Shinji is having quite a trip. He's been stuck inside the angel for days and he's or not days like a day or something. Like yeah. That, yeah. Right? It's 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 some it's like like 30 hours or something like yeah. that. The Ava is about to run out of power. The LCL fluid. So the robots in the show, they get inserted into the robot in this thing called a plug. Yeah. And the plug fills with this liquid they call LCL and they can you can breathe while you're in the LCL and it's supposed to like synchronize you to the mech or something. Well, the filtering system is broken and Shinji's like, it smells like blood in here and he, he's losing the ability to breathe and he's trapped in alone, which is like kind of a thesis statement on Shinji himself. Right. And mm-hmm. he doesn't want to die. I, like, I have to be honest with you, like I'm. I'm thinking about this episode while we're while we're talking about it. Like I'm getting anxiety because yeah. this 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 part really freaks me the fuck out. Continue though. Well, he's he's preparing for death, and suddenly 
he has this kind of vision quest almost, right? Where yeah, yeah. He talks to these different vestiges of himself. There's I really love this shot. Uh I know people complain about like the budget cut stuff in this show, but there's the two Shinjis, and it's just shown as basically a split, a cut, and like mm. a film almost, right? Where there's a vertical line and a horizontal line, and Shinji talking to himself. I am the other Shinji, the Shinji that other people see in you, right? There are always multiple versions of every person. He's having this conversation with himself and he's rebuking himself for his weaknesses, right? You push everyone away, but you don't want to be alone. You can't make up your mind. You're a coward and you won't, you need to not run away. All these like high minded ideas, right? Right. And ultimately Shinji is ready to give up. He's ready to die in the plug. And as he's sitting there waiting for death, he feels a ghostly woman embracing him. And he realizes that it is his mother. Outside of the angel, they're getting ready to nuke it. All of a sudden, the angel cries out in pain as Ava Unit 1 tears itself free of the shadow, this orb in space. And blood rains everywhere as the Ava screams in like either bestial rage or victory or whatever. Right. And I mean, the episode is called the splitting of the breast. Right. Mm -hmm. He has exited from the womb of introspection and emerged as a new person. Right. In more ways than one. (laughs) Yeah. So we're left with um, Shinji. He's he's out of the angel. but. He's been forever changed by his experiences again, right? Yeah. Shinji gets traumatized like 26 times in this show because there's 26 episodes. <laughs> so <laughs> this this one is another one for me where I don't know if there's like a lot to digest about it. It's just a very great thematic supplement to what's right. happening with Shinji and some of the themes that are happening in the show. And then, you know, like we talked about a lot, like just sort of this internalization of him punishing himself with the creation yeah. of this television show. This is one of those episodes that really says yeah. that to me, you know, well, I, I mean, it's it's just it it's soaking in its own themes. Right. When mm-hmm. when Shinji is recovered, Misato runs up to the plug to see him and he sees Misato and he says, I wanted to see you one more time. Yep. Who is he saying that to? Is he saying that to his mother, to Misato, or both? Are they one and the same? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. So. Like, yeah. Uh, I think I think that's that's just an indication of when your your point is easily empathized with. Yeah, I think that uh, this show, because of its um, subject content. Because of what it is about from a visual perspective, I think that it would have been really easy to get a little bit too complex. You know what I mean? With some right. of the things that, 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 that it wanted to do. And it, this is an episode that shows that it really sticks to its core thesis. And it's, yeah. really, uh, it's really great. I like to... Um, people complain about the final episodes of the show. I think we touched upon this in the first episode mm-hmm. that... They made some decisions due to budget constraints on how they wanted to present it. It's very visually jarring. And a lot of people, 
it, it was a very polarizing finale at the time, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. And mm-hmm. this episode, I think, actually shows that I'm sure they were dealing with the same problems at the time, maybe not as bad, but that there is some intentionality to how metaphorical it gets, right? Like, yeah, I mean, you know, when 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 he is in the say it again, the Sea of the Rock. Thank you, the Sea of the Rock. Uh, <laughs> yeah. When he's in there, um, it is literally a white void. Yeah, it's literally a white void, and um, that in and of itself, to me, like was the metaphor. Yeah. You know what I mean? And, oh yeah. And so when you get to those later episodes. You know, I you just like you said, you really can see the intentionality behind it. You can see that when people when when you do bring up those critiques that people have um, about the visual quality of it and how jarring like the difference is. um, I like that they're they're like, no, 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 no. This is the canon ending. Yeah. (laughs) You know, Um, I like that about it. It's true. Yeah, because it's 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 very well thought out because it's showing all along through metaphor that Shinji never wanted to be alone, despite the way he acts. He's all yeah. alone in the sea of Duroc and it's like crushing him. Right. Yes, so. exactly. And, and two, I think that there's a lot to say about the, the angel too. And yeah. that, mm-hmm. in that regard too, as well, you know what I mean? Like the whole idea that it could be, uh, underneath of you this whole time. Mm hmm. And you don't even realize it because you're looking at the thing that you think you should be paying attention exactly. to. Yep. You know what I mean? Yep. It's great. Yeah. It's a great is, episode. This is the kind of stuff that makes the show. This is why the show is so fun. It's, it's yeah. And, and, and like I said, I think that it would be really easy for it to fall into these traps of let's really dig into, you know, uh, what is this angel? Where did it come from? Right. But that's not what the show is about. Yeah. It's not it's not important. Yeah. Right. And, 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 and I think that it's a, it's a bold, bold and great move to just say, we know that no matter what we say about these angels, all you're going to care about is how fucking rad they look. Yeah, exactly. So. So we, we leave the Shinji's mental state pair and go on to the third impact and the point of no return. What is the third impact? Why are we trying to stop? The third impact. Well, the second impact was bad. So yes, it goes, very. It's probably the third impact. Not a good thing. Right. Correct. Right. So we move on to episode 19, introjection. And something terrible has just happened that I did not show you. Right. We're in the immediate aftermath. Shinji commandeers Ava unit zero one and threatens to kill everybody in nerve. Until his father says, I don't have time for this childish bullshit. And they yeah. <laughs> they increase the pressure in the LCL until Shinji faints. Yep. And Shinji quits nerve for the second time. He didn't see it the first time. So as he's leaving Tokyo 3, a new angel attacks. And there's a problem. Ava Unit 0, not ready. Not ready to sortie. Asuka has been having some problems off screen. She's having a crisis of, I don't know what, like it's a self-confidence crisis, right? Yeah. I would say, I would say she's, she's, she's uh, discovered a new bout of imposterism. Yes. That's, that's a good way of looking at it. Right. Um, so to make a long story short, 
Oscar gets her shit pushed in. Uh, yes. <laughs> the angel comes about as close as possible to the place that all the angels have been trying to get to, apparently, as it can. And Ray basically almost suicide bombs the angel in one last ditch attempt to defeat it, right? Yeah. And again, to reinforce what we were saying about Ray, she's literally just like, move, I will do it. Yeah. <laughs> Emotionless. Right? Yeah. She's, uh, but Shinji. I, I keep I kept a I kept Ray almost entirely secret because I wanted you yeah, to have I, have I don't have a fucking clue what's going on. I, I want right you now. to discover that for yourself if you watch the show. So yeah. Shinji has been watching all of this from the sideline because he quit, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And he basically gets this pep talk from Kaji, who the uh, this is Misato's boyfriend. He's like this secret agent kind of thing. Kaji is watering some watermelons he's been keeping in the geofront, the underside of the city. And he tells Shinji, well, if I'm going to die, I want to be here. And Shinji's like, what do you mean die? And Kaji explains to Shinji what this has all been about. That the angel is trying to get to the center of basically what nerve is and start the third impact, which will result in the, the annihilation of all mankind. Armageddon. Yes. Right. And the Avas are the only things standing between the angels and whatever is down there that causes the third impact. So Shinji mans up. He gets in the robot and he goes to fight the angel again, but he runs out of batteries. Shades of the first episode, right? Yes. He's he's defeated and he's pleading with the Ava. It's all for nothing. If you don't work now, please work now. He's kind of uh, fruitlessly like jamming the controls back and forth. He's begging with the Ava to do something. And the Ava hears him and it obeys his command. It grabs these. The angel has this really cool, like paper thin arm weapon. It's like a cutting blade, right? It's like the way that I sort of internalize it is like ribbons. Yeah. Made of sheet metal? Yeah, kind of. They're you like, know what I mean? They're like, <laughs> like impossi- impossibly thin. Like you would imagine it's like as hard as diamond and as sharp as anything could be, right? And but, thin as phyllo dough. Yeah. Uh, it, you can yeah. you can make you can make spanakopita out of it. Yeah. You that could, thin. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I'm talking layers. Okay. Yeah. Layers with this fucker's arms. Yeah, this is this is the thousand layered croissant. <laughs> yeah, this is the ill tempano yeah. of angels. So it it blasts away the Ava's armor, and we see the Ava's have a core too, right? Just like the angels, but the Ava wakes up, oh. and it's a little different this time. It grabs the ribbons that had sliced Oscar's Ava into basically ribbons, right? Yeah, it grabs them. And it sticks a ribbon onto its arm and uses it to regenerate an arm. And it savagely beats the angel to death. But that's not enough. It's not. It crawls on. It's going to fucking eat the angel. (laughs) It it hunches over like an ape. And it's like huffing and puffing to itself. And it crawls on all fours to the angel's corpse and feasts on it. It just tears into it like an animal. And then it, it it rears up and it actually has one of the most iconic shots of the series where it's doing its war cry again. And it's making the, the like the the well-known Ava noise. Where it's like, oh, and this is like shrieking. Right. Yeah. And that's where we close. I 
was so fucking satisfied with yeah. that. Ugh. Yeah. Um. Again, not having seen the entire show, I don't know a lot of the details about the mystery, right? Mm-hmm. I tried to but keep if, that secret. Too. If there was a way, <laughs> like, we'll, we'll, we'll put it this way. I'm going to go back to this, to, to this thing of, I think that it would have been very easy for the show to fall into tropes mm-hmm. with this. That I did not see coming. And no. you want to talk about like the meme of subversion, right? Yeah. And what it means to have your expectations subverted. Um, I don't think anybody watching the show for the first time it c- could be prepared for, to, for that scene. Because it's just a, even with the small sample size of episodes that I watched, it's such a what the fuck, this is so rad. Yeah. Like moment that I just need to know, you know, <laughs> you know, well, even it's one of those things where even if like, you know, that the Ava is weird, you're st- part of you is still like I'm watching a robot show and then it starts acting like a gorilla and it starts eating the flesh of an angel. Well, right? because too, and like, I understand why they, they do this, but you take notice to how many things happen in this show that go, uh, that like are, are purposely there to get you to just accept that it is a robot. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And I think that like, like they're my favorite scene of the show is I can't remember which which uh, episode it's in, but it's 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 uh, Ritzko. Um, I I can't remember if Masato's there or not, but it's definitely Ritzko and and um, Chinji. And they're going up this elevator and they're passing the Eva's head and they're passing yeah. its eye. Oh yeah, that's that's in the first episode, I think. Yeah, and Masato yeah. is there, and they're it, it's I think it's the first episode, and it's the scale of the thing, right? Like you said, this elevator is moving up and up and up, and there's the fluid that it's kept in in the background. Yep. And they just like pass its hand, which is like it takes multiple seconds for them to pass it. Right. Yeah. 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 And that that to me, um, screams sentinels. Yeah. Like I just when I saw that, I just thought about the I think it's, it's one of the first levels, first or second level in um, the second X-Men game for Sega Genesis, where you have to go inside of the Sentinel plant and like the back the sprite backdrops are all these like yeah unbelievable images of like you said with the eva hands and feet and knees and you're just like these fuckers are huge really similar thing here for me so i was just like i knew that there's a mystery there but the way that we were watching it i wasn't sure what it was and not now that i know what it is i'm just like oh I got to see it. So like yeah. they, they do a really good job of that metamorphosis. You know what I mean? Right. It, it really hits for me. Oh, it's just, just this ongoing thing of like, what the fuck even is this thing? Right. <laughs> you're, you're willing to suspend disbelief at first where you're like figuring out the mythos of the world, but it's like, okay, this is like regular ass earth. What is LCL fluid? Why are they injecting into a, plug why are they wearing helmets why does it go berserk like all these questions of like what the fuck even is this thing right yeah yeah it's uh it's a it's it's fucking sick i love that scene so much um 
it's, the whole it's reason I put that episode shot. in. Like, I, it, yeah. it's like, okay, <laughs> the third impact, bad. Ava, yeah. bad. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, something yeah. is not right here, right? So, yeah, yeah. Um, so I, I, yeah, I really loved that one. Okay. Well, we move on from that to my favorite episode of Neon Genesis Evangelion, probably the most soul crushing episode. So, yes. The beginning and the end or knocking on heaven's door. So some time has passed again. We start with Asuka. She's like in a catatonic state. She's run away. She's skin and bones. She's like in this dirty bathtub in the ruins of a city. And Nerve finally finds her and brings her back. And Shinji is alone again. There's really no one else to help him. He's the last man standing. Right. So. This organization, SEAL, that I skipped over. It's part of the mythos of the show. Yeah, sure. Sends a replacement pilot, Kaoru Nagisa. They send him to be the replacement pilot for Asuka. And they kind of meet in this scene where uh, Kaoru is this kind of, like Shinji's staring off into the, the lake. And he's like, oh, man, like I'm, I, I'm so alone. And all of a sudden he hears Kaoru singing to himself. And he's just like singing is so great right it lifts the soul and he's this this breath of fresh air for shinji it's this he's happiness and more importantly he's affection because they spend some time together and kaoru is one of the biggest sins of like the netflix adaptation but well, not adaptation translation but kaoru is showing shinji the love and attention that he never got right mm-hmm. they're they're spending all this time together and they're in the bath right and Shinji is talking to Kaoru and Kaoru is like, oh, like, I, I just I think that you're all so interesting. Right. And Shinji's like, he says some kind of weird bullshit. And Shinji's like, well, what are you talking about? And Kaoru just looks at him like pure, pure innocence. It means that I love you. Right. Yeah. Right. And that's that's the word Shinji has always wanted to hear. Someone loves me and needs me. Right. Yeah. Right. They, they're going back and. Shinji's like well it's time for bed and Kaoru's like should we go together right like it's it's definitely homoerotic but I think it's it's more than that Kaoru I would I would call it a complete love yeah it's he loves Shinji as an individual and he loves what Shinji represents as a human right and like and I think it and I think it also represents like like he is also the manifestation of the ways in which people want to be loved yeah right right like it's not just like i am here to fill this specific void for you shinji but you can also take notice of like you said like should we go together right like you obviously would immediately internalize that as you know two men going to bed together but it's also this thing of you know when you know, like cuddling and affection and stuff like that. You know what yeah. I mean? It is a type of love language. Yeah. I, I mean, really briefly, uh, Kaoru, I, in my mind, Kaoru and Shinji is 100% like a gay relationship thing. I think that is, it was always coded that way. I think the new movies kind of talk about that too, but mm-hmm. it's, it is that step beyond. It's not just, I have a crush on you. It's oh, like, for sure. It's like, I see you. Right. In all your flaws and imperfections, and I love you, right? Yeah, it's the kind of love they promise you in church, right? Yeah, 
the, the really fucking great way yeah. of putting it honestly right. really great way of putting it and it's uh it's it's uh, also this uh this um like you said, like, I want to go back to like what you said about like, I see you, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, that is, you can really trace that back to why Shinji is so close to, to Misato as well. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because even when you think it would be a good time for his father to give him feedback on something bad, he just doesn't, you yeah. know what I mean? So it's not even this thing of like, I see you for your flaws. It's just. I understand that you're going to fail and I've accepted that. And yeah. it's a very different conversation, which is why I think that theme of like, for all your flaws, for who you are, for everything that you aren't, yeah. you know what I mean? Is, is just really, really huge for Shinji there, yeah. you know? And as always, nothing good can ever happen to Shinji because it turns out that Kaoru is the final angel Tabris. And he has been sent to merge with Adam. I have left out what Adam and Lilith are for you, but he has sent to, been sent to merge with Adam in what's called Terminal Dogma, Heaven's Door. They even call it that in the show. The final bastion, the last hope before the third impact. How could you not just like listen to these words? Yeah. And be like fuck well, it's, <laughs> you know what i mean it, it's, it's like cool. runs the risk of being cornball in a way but it's like it's just it's just so apt right because it is so esoteric yeah, most exactly. of the time it's right. like of course it's called heaven's door it, it's These, on brand yeah yeah right so uh they kalru commandeers unit two right it's he literally controls it with his brain basically or something and we get the triumphant classical music. It's a well-known suite. I don't remember what it is offhand, mm -hmm. right? I think I think it's Ode to Joy, but I can't yeah, remember. Yeah, off, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. It is Ode to Joy. Yeah. So with Ode to Joy, he's he's levitating. He's a full-on angel. He's bringing Ava Unit Two with him. He's descending to Terminal Dogma. All the alarms are going off, and Shinji gets in the robot, and his first words are, "You betrayed me!" Right. Like, Kaoru, you betrayed me because this was the last straw for Shinji. This was the one thing he always wanted. There yep. was no one left for him, and Kaoru was that person, and now it's it's all gone, right? So yep. he descends into terminal dogma, and Kaoru is expecting Shinji to come up, he, to come. He's even like, oh, you're late, Shinji. Come on, right? So he descends to terminal dogma. He defeats the puppet unit, too, and... Kaoru makes it past Heaven's Door and he sees Adam. I think this is the first time you saw him in the show. It's this giant crucified monstrosity of a figure wearing a mask with like eight eyes or something like that. And its lower body is gone. It's a mass of what look like human bodies. It's unbelievably massive. And Kaoru looks at this and says, like, is it the fate of all beings born of Adam to return to Adam? And he, he looks, he's like, but wait. This isn't Adam. This is Lilith. I see what you're after, Lilim. This will make no sense to you, right? But yeah, right. So it's not Adam, it's Lilith, right? Shinji finally enters the room and he grabs Kaoru. He's got him crushed in the claw of his Ava yeah, unit. Tiny little Kaoru, huge yeah. ass evil, yeah. puny. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and we see that Ray is there. She's like hovering yeah. in the background for whatever reason, right? 
Um, they, they say there's another entity like Kalru in Terminal Dogma, right? So Shinji has Kalru in his glove. This is, this is my favorite scene in Evangelion. And Shinji pleads with Kalru. He's like, you can't be the angel. Why did you do this to me? And Kalru says, he says, this was our fate all along. One of our species has to survive. One has to die. And I love you. So you have to kill me. Right. I want to die, basically. And there is this. Pregnant pause. It is the most pregnant pause. It is. It is in the third trimester. This pause. There, there should be like this should this should have its own like name, its own yeah. nomenclature, you know. Yeah. For nigh on twenty seconds, we hear. I think we hear "Ode to Joy" in the background still. Shinji has Kalru in his grasp, and it's just this side profile shot of tiny little Kalru in the hand and Ava looming over him as Shinji agonizes over what he has to do. He can't let Kalru go. Or the world will end. And this is the last person alive that matters to him. And finally, the screen cuts to black and we hear a popping sound. And a little orb, Kalru's head, falls into the LCL fluid surrounding Lilith and Terminal Dogma. We cut back to Shinzi sitting on the same beach with Masato and he's inconsolable. And he's saying, I should have been the one to die, not Kalru, right? And where Misato would normally be caring, things have happened to her. She's a chains person, too. She says, no, he gave up the will to live. You did the right thing. And we end the episode with Shinji saying, you're cold, Miss Misato. Finn, right? I uh, love this episode. This is this was for me. Um like everything that I was promised yeah, with it. Right. Um, I am really excited to go and see this again, that, that, that particular scene, because I want to, I want to have a second pass on it after, after some time with it. But I really, I really liked a lot of the, uh, like during, during a lot of, uh, that, where they're talking back and forth and Kaoru's in his hand. And especially during the pause, I like that they're not cutting to Shinji. You know what I mean? Yeah. I like that. They're not in, in a lot of those cases, like, and especially when he, when, when like you're just waiting, it's not doing this thing of like cut to one person's face and, Oh, I'm so in distress. Cut to another person's yeah. face. It just leaves it up to you to sort of empathize with the moment. Yeah. You know what I mean? Well, and it- I love that. This is the one of the things where people point to, and I'm sure it was as well. Like, oh look, this is the budget cutting measure, right? This is what's this? I have don't, the same? I don't, I don't but think so. I, I, it is, it, it is definitely it? is. But I think that this is such an example of like, if you're if you're creative enough, it doesn't matter, right? Yeah, yeah okay, where, okay. Like, I'm Fair not point. saying it's right, bad, right? Right, right, right. It's right. clearly okay. like, okay, we can we can do 20 seconds of no animation, yeah. but just like you said. I feel like it would almost be inferior to cut to Shinji. It, you know exactly what his fe- he's feeling. We don't need to see his face, right? Yep. He, he is agonizing over what to do. And he finally makes a decision, right? 
We don't need yep. to see Kaoru's face. He's made peace with death. He's an angel. He's not a human. He doesn't probably feel the same way we do, right? Right. Th- this episode is so much of that. It is the confluence of everything they want to get done. And just that that final moment, that that moment to me is the first thing I think of when I think of Evangelion is Kaoru in Shinji's hands. Yeah, they don't know. It's a great it's a great moment. It's a great scene. Um, I think it's. Uh, it's such a cool way to do the angel, you know what I mean? Yeah, like um, where you would typically be expecting this big knockdown, drag them out, blow them out fight with the last big monster there is it the show reminds you that that's not what the show is about yeah the show is about this internal conflict yeah it's this is a show about human emotions yeah and yeah. i mean there there's so much to talk about this episode but a lot of it is spoiler territory like what are the dead sea scrolls i think they said that a couple times in what we've yeah. watched what right. are they really that they prophesize these these angels coming right right what right. uh what really is Lilith and what is Adam, right? What was the second impact? What is the third impact? There's all of these questions, but all of that falls away to just that human moment of like it, it it's gotta be such a a conflux of different emotions for Shinji of like, I loved you. You were the only one who loved me. How dare you do this to me? How dare you betray me? But also, I still love you. How dare you make me have to kill you, right? Like, it's this is the final straw, truly, for Shinji. Yeah. And, and, and I think one of, the, one of the cool things is he's almost, um, he's almost saying the things to Kaoru yeah. in context. The way that he wished, like, well, and he does eventually blow up on his father, I know. But, like, yeah. it's all, to, to me, it's almost these things of you can almost replace the oh, yeah. context with his father and it's right on it's true of everyone yeah he, he he's saying it to everyone he's ever known yeah mm-hmm. and this transitions unless there's anything else you want to say about episode 24 no into the third impact because if you think about it this is the last thing that happens to shinji his last major life event before the third impact so i have not explained to chris what the third impact is we have not looked at End of nope. Evangelion, the alternate Correct. ending movie at all. I just described to him that something happened and the next two episodes take place in Shinji's mind. So we jump ahead to episode 26 and we're in the last like it's really like two thirds. But I started when Shinji is alone in his own world of creation. Right. Think about it. Everyone Shinji has ever loved has abandoned him at this point. Yeah. His father, his mother, who is dead, but Misato, Asuka, Ray, Kaoru, dead by his own hand. He has he has what's described in the show as the hedgehog's dilemma, right? The hedgehog wants to approach people. He wants to approach other hedgehogs, but he is afraid of hurting people with his thorns. And being hurt of other people's thorns with other Mm -hmm. people's thorns, right? He has created a world for himself in the third impact where only he exists. But it's immediately clear he's speaking to himself in his internal monologue to his other Shinji's that we met in other in episode 16 that this is still not what he wants. So 
the other Shinji's impose rules. He's no longer freely floating in space in the world of infinite possibilities. There's now a ground and there's the heavens, right? And now he has less freedom, but he has less burden. He doesn't have to worry about everything. There is the ground and there is the sky. And we walk through these different situations where Shinji is slowly starting to understand that this is not what he wants for himself, right? He does not really want to be alone. He is lying to himself. And we cut to what I think is actually like one of the most interesting parts of the show. We cut to this universe where he wakes up in bed and it's a completely different anime now. His yeah. childhood friend, Oscar Langley Soryu from across the road, came to wake him up and he had a morning boater. <laughs> Baka pervert, slap him on the face, right? And he goes downstairs yeah. and there's Gendo and his mom, except Gendo is here now and he's a family dad, but he's just hidden behind a newspaper because ha ha. And the mom's right. like put together and we got to get to work. Otherwise, they're mad at me, right? And they go out the door and they're running down the street. And Ray's running down. This is a trope, by the way, the anime trope of the like, I'm late to school, bread in my mouth, right? It's like this oh, weird yeah. anime trope that's like not even nobody does that in real life, right? So yeah. she he, they run into Ray, but now she's not an emotionless robot type person. She's like the new kid that just moved into school and uh oh no, I dropped my stuff. Oh, you looked at my panties, pervert bye, right? It's like right. this this total like 180 of everything the show has been to this point. And I think it's multi-purpose. I think it's sending up other anime, right? But I think it's also like, this is a glimpse of not necessarily Shinji's ideal, but what he could have. And this is the, I had sent you a meme before that has this line. This is anywhere can be paradise. If you have the will to live, he realizes that he has created his own cage because he is unwilling to face the hardships of reality and make the best of it to not find his own happiness. He has condemned himself to this miserable existence. He thinks he's living right. Right. Yeah. And he finally realizes he's in this, this like really jarring shot where he's almost being interrogated by people he knows in this like studio room. Right. Yeah. He realizes that he he's, it's okay that he's imperfect and it's okay to want to know people and be with people. And it's okay for him to be here. And the world shatters. And we see this beautiful ocean shot. This like virginal ocean shot. And everyone he knows is clapping. And they say they all say one by one. Congratulations. You've broken free of your shell. And there, there's this clapping circle. And it's literally just every single person. Omedeto. Omedeto. Congratulations. Yeah. Right? Right. Fade to black. To all the children out there, thanks to uh, thank you to my father and mother and to all the children out there. Congratulations. And the yep. show ends. Right. That yep. is how Evangelion ends. It's Shinji coming to terms with himself. I have not seen the full show. Yes. It's hard for me to form an opinion empathetically on that information. But I think that what we did watch communicated. Uh, really effectively w like that theme and so i was able to understand you know what was happening and sort and follow along right um I, I i liked i being prepared going into it i liked what i saw out of it because 
you know, I myself am a fan of some of that kind of stuff, you mm-hmm. know what I mean? Where, um, you know, where we would say the lack of budget sort of gave way to this, um, less than stellar animation. Right. Yeah. But I think that, um, those types of themes and those concepts themselves are so abstract that they almost warrant abstract representation. Right. right? Um, I thought it's, I thought, I thought it's, I thought it was really cool. Um, I can definitely empathize with the crowd of people that may have wanted to just see the big battle (laughs) or whatever happens at the end, you know what I mean? In the real world. Right. Um, but again, we come back to this idea and this theme of this has angels that has the Evas, right? But this is about Shinji and this is about his internal struggle. And yeah. I think these last uh, episodes and like the way that this is represented communicates that effectively as effectively as any sort of like standard episode you could have done. Right. Mm-hmm. Like the, the theme and the purpose is still there. So I, 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 I thought it was cool. I'm again, I'm very much looking forward to seeing it again because I think that under the right context, you know, I might have some, some different thoughts, but I definitely, uh, I, I think this was a really great, end point to the shill and representing what the show really wants to say yeah i mean you nailed it right like this is a a return to everything the show had been doing to this point this is the thesis statement of evangelion right it's this is a very depressed man bleeding his soul onto the paper it's a look at not just his depression, but depression in general and the different facets of his personality and kind of the human experience. It's looking at these very flawed people and how they deal with these excruciating circumstances, right? And how the path forward is ultimately kind of this, like just this internal coming to peace, right? It's not... right. Like you said, I think it's it's good, it's apt and poetic and whatever that the last episode is not we found out how to kill the super angel. Right. Which is not what happens. It's just something that I'm like some kind of bullshit, right? Like we didn't yeah. figure out how to kill the super <laughs> angel. It's coming to terms with the people we are that have been that were already flawed at the beginning and have been ruined by this series, right? Yeah. The the, I think this, the uh, the existentialism in this show is all throughout. Yeah. Um, the threats that they deal with are themselves existential, um, both external and internal. Yeah. And, you know, I think the, the backdrop of creation coming to an end is very appropriate for the stories that they're telling with Shinji. Yeah. And with Oscar, right? I think that um, I think that it's a, it, it's a really good um, theme to set this around. And I don't really know what the goal was. You know, I don't know how this was incepted. I know that this is a lot of met, like you know we've we've discussed. This is a lot of metaphorical um, representation of depression and things like that. But you know, choosing to do it about angels and big mech robots and everything. I personally really like how that almost begets the Shinji struggle 
and right. some of the other struggles that we see throughout the rest of the, the throughout the rest of the cast because uh people struggle a lot with like the concept of a higher power right yeah and so i think that that's a really kind of neat little bow on top of it for me as well well it 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 i think there's even just this whether or not it was intentional and i feel like it has to be i feel like there's this so first of all you have to know that like practically speaking, Anna worked on a previous mecha title that is also introspective uh, called Gunbuster. It's mm-hmm. also kind of a send up of the mecha genre. And I think he's coming from that. But I think that he he's looking at this world. Right. And he's saying. For it to make sense, for it to. Blend that they're dealing with these personal internal existential crises. The threat can't be ants from outer space or whatever. (laughs) Right. Like it has to, it has to be the Genesis, the alpha and omega of mankind. Right. Mm -hmm. To look at what a human is till internally, we have to consider the threat externally of the beginning and end of mankind. Right. So I, I think that that like they elevate each other. Yeah. Yeah. That's good. That's a good way of putting it is, is, is that elevation because, uh, this, the show for me, for the episodes that I've seen wants for nothing. Right. Um, yeah, it's, it's got, it's got the sauce, man. (laughs) Yeah. It's got it. You know, the, even down to like so, so many of these things to me, like uh still seems so uh relevant like even even in today's day and age you know like it doesn't this show does not feel 20 years dated in any way shape or form you know aged like fine wine ah truly um even even like the biggest budget episodes we'll say the biggest budget episodes that you that, that you will watch and the biggest budget episodes that we saw just look incredible oh yeah um it's a it's a real feast for your eyes that's for sure yeah i mean so people talk about yeah people talk about the 80s anime aesthetic or the 90s anime aesthetic this is yeah it, but right yeah, yeah i mean this is the, you know like we said on part one like the only thing that i knew about it was its aesthetic and i yeah. was i liked it so like you know we already had that done away but there's a lot more to this show yeah and so and, i guess uh, we have a question that we yeah, we've, we've arrived at that point of the day so I mean, I, I think you gave some of that away already, but uh, let's let's ask the question. Oh, did I show that, you? Fuck yeah, dude. Oh, man. This uh, this is definitely my favorite of the anime arc. Um, there's no question about it. Um, it has invaded my thoughts since we watched it, and I've been waiting to go back and watch the rest of the season until until we talked about it mm-hmm. um, here today, because. The only thing that I've been going over is the stuff that we have watched and not clicking on the next in my chronological order has been yeah. the struggle of my life for the past, <laughs> you know, a couple of days. So um, I can't wait to go back and watch it again. I am morbidly curious in some of the translation issues now, because I think that some of what we discussed today, um, yeah. especially at the end. Right. Yeah. Um, I now recognize it as why it is 
you know, sort of in, yeah. impactful in the way that it is. Yeah. So it's, it's it's hard to give context, like what a lot of what we talked about in the first episode of like, why are you talking about translation? I thought we were watching Evangelion. But yeah, right, like right. now that now that it's gone, right, it's like this thing of imagine that scene with Kaoru where it's because I like you. Right. Yeah. Right. Like, I mean, Misato likes Shinji. Yeah. Right. It, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, that's all that it took was just to be like, yeah, well, you know, I I spent some time with you and yeah, like, I, I, like re- you. I, yeah. I really enjoyed our time today, man. That's yeah. like saying like, yeah, had a great time today, man. Go ahead and kill me. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, um, but yeah, it absolutely shilled. Um, there's nothing about this show that I think that um, I thought to myself, well, that might be kind of a struggle to to get through in the same way that like Yakuza Zero, right? Despite the fact, despite how much I loved Yakuza and love Yakuza, um, I I mean, I even said like the dialogue might might be the thing, like yeah. having to mm-hmm. sit there and a a a. Of course, this was before I realized how entertaining the dialogue was right. uh, later in the game and how how much fun I would have reading it, but immediately there's nothing that sticks out to me like that about this that I think is going to be a detractor for going back and seeing it. Nothing that I'm concerned about. Um, in fact, I think that this would be probably the first thing that I would recommend anybody that's maybe looking to break into it, check out because the concepts are relatable. The themes are relatable. You can absolutely empathize with everything that's happening in this show, even though you yourself are not experiencing a fucking seraphim. Yeah telling knocking on your door you know what i mean like so it's easy to get into without understanding anything about like the thematic tropes of anime because the this has really relatable hooks really relatable storylines and a uh i don't want to say facade because that's not the right word but a top layer of some really hype really badass shit yeah and it's 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 awesome, man. I can't wait to go back and watch the rest of the season now that I can now that I fucking can. Yeah. I'm glad this this was I, I told you several times on yeah. air and off like this. This one coming up. This is like this is a Chris <laughs> show. I, I looked up at my shelf and is like, oh, there's a giant label that reads Chris. That's weird. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, man. Um, It's uh, it's great. I loved it. And if. If somehow you are still listening to this episode and you have not paused it after two hours to say, I might want to go figure out what the fuck they're talking about. You should go check this show out. Yeah. Um, Like I said, if if you're if you're looking at the anime arc as a maybe I'll follow along, this might have to be somebody's chapter one because this is just this is just the shit. I mean, you don't even have to take our word for it. This is one of the most popular intellectual properties on the planet Earth. So, yeah, yeah. And I and I I have to say one thing that I'm excited about, too, is that. um, What's a series that I can what's a series that I can that I can leverage? Okay, we'll say this, right? Brooklyn Nine Nine. I just said that I'm looking forward to getting into it, right? Mm -hmm. There's something about when there's a lot of content. And a lot of offshoot stuff and when stuff like changes that makes it difficult for me to get excited to get into. Yeah. This being a complete product that I can kind of just say, 
I, like that I can pour over really yeah. is the right way to say it. Right. That I can just consume in all yeah. manners of the, in all manners of the word, instead of having to worry about like, well, I'll, I'll, I'll watch this season, but I hear some weird shit about the next one and right. I'm not really sure if I'm, you know what I mean? And to go through that whole process of having to internalize all of this material. I love how like tight and refined this is, but at the same time, just how huge it feels to conceptually, you know? Yeah, absolutely. This is, it's terrific. Yeah. This, this is one of the pillars of the anime community. So I'm glad that you've liked it. Now we have to beat you to death with the other pillars. (laughs) Yeah. Well, listen, man, um, I can't wait to talk about this uh, later on uh, when I, whenever I finish the the rest of the season, we'll have to do um, a recap then. Yeah, we may, we may have to do a recap here and do, and, and, and do uh, a, a little bit of a redux on Eva. Yeah. So, but until then, Hey, you can go check out neon Genesis Evangelion. Where at uh, Netflix, if you can avoid it, there are other, pl- other places to find it anywhere, but Netflix. But if you have to, Netflix. Netflix. All right. Yeah. yeah. So this show's on Netflix. Our show is anywhere you get your podcasts, Spotify, Apple, TuneIn, Amazon, Google. I'll get the whole list someday, but they're all out there. They're also at themanyfolds.com where you can find this and all previous episodes. And uh, if you want to give us an idea of what you think about Eva, or if you think that my take is absolutely aberrant, Please feel free to reach us out, reach out to us at the many folds on social media. That's Twitter and Instagram. No Facebook yet because why would we have a Facebook? Yeah, we're not 80. Yeah, I just text my mom our episode. When, she doesn't have to get them that way. When, when I think about Facebook now, I think about that commercial where they're like, I put it on my wall. It's the old lady <laughs> that's like pin pushing into the wall. I think about actual Facebook that way now. That's why we don't have Facebook. Yeah, because we can't we can't put it on the wall. Yeah. Yeah. We have to stick it to our asses. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Until next time. We'll see you. Omerito.